0: Hi, this is the UX growth podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, McMahon. I'm here with another guest of season one, Steph Helfer, founder of VIM, which stands for Visual Intentional Integrated Marketing. Thank you so much for being here, Steph.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for also remembering how what VIM stands for. That makes me feel so good that that's stuck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For people who don't know, Steph is a a long term friend now because of my previous podcast, the Don't Quit podcast. She's actually been on there twice. So we definitely have learned a lot about her background and how she started agency and got into the whole graphic design and branding industry. So yeah, it was so, and that's an aspect that a lot of UX designers don't know about or know like how they have to integrate that into their work. So, what's this dive right into the difference of like what is, you know, the difference of graphic design and UX design?
1: Yes. I, you know, we were talking just briefly off air, but you know, the word design throws people, UX designers and then graphic designers oftentimes have this assumption that because the word design is in there, that you are one or the other, or or that you're both, you know, that because you do UX design, you must be good at graphic design. Or if you're good at graphic design, you must know UX design. And I think that the lack of understanding of the differences has put pressure. The consumers have put pressure on UX designers and graphic designers to, well, don't you know, like, don't you know UX design or don't you know graphic design? Um, Because there's a complete lack of understanding of the difference. So UX design, as I'm sure many of your episodes, episodes have covered, is the user experience and how you design, cultivate, structure, um, you know, intention, the intention behind what your user experiences when they are going through your brand and the way you market that brand. And so like one of the best mm-hmm. examples that makes, makes uh, consumers feel comfortable of understanding, well, what does that really mean is think about how you navigate through a website, the user experience or the UX design is How did the website builder in conjunction with the brand, how did they develop and design the website so that as you experience it, literally scroll down the page, how do you feel during that experience? How were you guided through the sales process? How were you educated about the product or services? That is the power of UX design is that it's actually very intentional to guide you through what I want you to experience whereas graphic design is incredibly powerful as well but it is the visual aspect of design so whether it's logo design or art design or illustrations that is completely different than UX design I hope that kind of made sense
0: yeah, it it does because of there's a lot of people who think that it overlaps because of the word designer. I think that's a very broad mm-hmm. term for mm-hmm. a lot of people and realizing that in the fact that like, yes, some graphic designers should use UX um level of skills to be able to understand like, hey, where does the the eye go when it sees like a brochure? Like, where does it navigate? Where does it go on the poster? You know, like when we think of UX design, we generally only think of like systems and apps about how people are able to convey information that makes sense so they don't really even have to think about it. Whereas graphic design is usually can people get a glance at the visual details and understand everything that is being said there as little as possible.
1: Yeah, I very... You know, luckily, very early on in my my design in my design career um, as a graphic designer, very early on, I quickly learned: okay, it's one thing to make things beautiful, but it's another thing to make things perform. Uh, I was designing flyers, coupons, brochures, websites, all of the things that are super visual, and put a lot of pride in the beauty of them and the the, and I don't mean just beauty in the tangible sense of beauty. I mean in very well designed leads the eye a certain way. But I started recognizing that the intention behind the piece sometimes wasn't there. It might innately be there because whoever I was doing the work for said, you know, I want them to buy this thing at the end. But it wasn't at the forefront of why I was designing early on. And then I started shifting my design skills around this intention of, not only does it need to be beautiful, I need to guide my user through this brochure to end with the action I want them to take. Um, and so, yeah, even you know my example of a website having its own UX design, but even something like a brochure or a flyer, you know, the it's funny because in the design world, uh, clients, I, in my past clients will say, oh, can you design this business card um, or something small, right? We think tangibly it's really small. It, it shouldn't cost that much, right? But in reality, you know, the less space you have, the less time your user gets to experience. And so the less time you have to evoke them to make the action you want them to take. And so it's, it's funny, because we have this perception that if it's a smaller little ad, it should be less. Whereas if it's, you know, a threefold brochure, it should be more, but really cultivating experience through design is really challenging, no matter what the scope of the project is.
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And it's also like a challenge to know, like, are you like, are you doing a good job of that? Because, like, with brochures and flyers, it's like, how can we be able to know, like, how effective they're being from the design and the UX point of that? Unlike you know, we can can with apps and websites using like, analytics and, and a lot of user testing. I always feel like that's a struggle to know, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, early on, thankfully, because my career had me you know, in that, so like one of my first titles was marketing coordinator. And so I encompassed every aspect of our marketing. And so with that, I was able to dive into the website world. And so I really quickly learned that we can have, and this is mind you, you know, 20 plus years ago. And so I quickly learned, oh, well, we can have separate URLs and we can in an, on a brochure, we can put, you know, um, www.getvim.com forward slash brochure brochure one or, or whatever, right? We get creative with the URL and we can intentionally only use that URL on that piece to help us gauge the success of that piece. Whereas with digital, it's so much easier, but with some of these tangible print pieces, that was something 20 plus years ago I had to learn real quick because with user design and with graphic design being a tangible printed piece, that was always the struggle to prove its validity and in, in making, in making a, like moving the needle when it comes to the overall sales goal of the company I was designing for.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's actually a real cool point. I'll, uh, I, I completely spaced out on that you can use very specific URLs to test. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, I also think... Yes, Go ahead. I, also, I was also thinking like like how people can do with those QR codes. Even though I don't, I'm not a fan of them, but I understand people can use those in those way too.
1: Oh, QR codes! It's absolutely changed the whole game in that regard, um, especially yeah. since QR codes are you know you're not really seeing QR codes in the digital space because you can click on a cute, yeah. Q- you know, when you're digital, but it's when you're printed or out and about and you're seeing a vehicle wrap or you're outside of a building, those QR codes are so compact and they don't get messy like y- long URLs do. Um, and so it's a be- that's a beautiful use of making mm-hmm. sure that the efforts you're doing are tying back to that specific piece, whatever it might be. And those examples like... Um, Wrapped vehicles. I mean, you see, you're you starting to see them more and more. And what an investment to put a little QR code and every time that is scanned to be able to say, wow, my little vehicle driving up and down I-5 is returning, you know, 50 scans a day or what, what have you. Um, that's a huge you know, return on investment for that wrap that you can now go back to whatever, you know, your CFO or your sales team or whomever to quantify and to validate the efforts in that piece. And technology has made it so much easier for us designers to to do that.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny how the, the olden days of, of advertisement agencies would work how you know it's like a lot of it is the core message of like how they're trying to sell without the use of technology it kind of also feels like they really spoke so much into the community and the core message so so much more yeah yeah this also feels like like we could still like bring that back though in the overall scheme of marketing and how we apply that to ux design just because of we can use that with branding and how we use them brand voice, because that's also a one a technical aspect I've been learning is how we use it in UX writing, you know, making sure that the brand voice and UX writing all is all cohesive as like one unit.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's why, I mean, between user UX designers and graphic designers, you're, if you're either and you don't have a brand you're working with that has an established Voice, message, and all of the brand elements established, you're going to be recreating the real wheel over and over again, which is going to confuse your users. And then in turn, the experience is not going to be as cohesive. It's not going to feel as good for the users. And consumers who are confused or don't feel good about the experience they're going through with your brand, they don't want to buy consumers don't want to be confused. They don't want to feel like they're wrong or unsure. And when they feel that way, the most common reaction is to jump ship. They're going to jump off your website. They're going to put down your article. They are going to jump away as quickly as possible. And so the power of establishing your brand. And when I say brand, I really want to make sure people hear that the brand is so much more than a logo and a set of colors. The work we do with Vim and our clients is we go through all of the visuals, of course, which yes, includes the brand or the logo, the colors, the typography, um, the imagery, the videography, Any of the supporting brand elements, such as shapes or patterns or how we frame images. But it also goes in so much depth around the messaging of the brand, the personality of the brand, the language that the brand speaks. And all of that encompasses the brand and to uh, to one of the most amazing quotes or amazing stats that I love to repeat over and over again is Forbes.com shared a great article about the return on investment of branding. And one of their stats is companies who present their brand cohesively see an increase of overall revenue by 23%. 23% wow. is a huge, oh. huge number to be looking at when you're thinking about your overall gross revenue. And so I say all that with the concept of UX design in mind because think about your users and how they're experiencing you and where they're experiencing you. Let's say a user experiences you via Google, right? They search something and it returns a result. And the very first thing they see is an ad. The ad has a clickable link and a little bit of words underneath it. Those words is the, are the very first impression of your brand? Are they funny? Are they witty? Are they serious? Are they long? Are they brief? Do they create a visual impression in your mind? Um, What made you click them? And then as soon as you click that that link, because Google served it up for you, and it jumps you to their website, now that user experience continues. And if that little snippet that made them click is not mirrored on the website they're going to, you immediately have a break in your user's experience. If that little snippet of text on that Google ad was funny and witty, but then they jump over to this website and it's dark and moody and serious, you in- instinctually, as that user, are like, Ooh, did I click the right link? Am-, am I the right place? You know, you very likely will click backwards and go pick another link. But if the user experience is very cohesive because they click the link, they land on this new website, and it is funny and witty, and it is lighthearted, and it is bright and fun, which is what they expected from that snippet of of ad text, then the user feels cohesive about their choice. And they want to keep scrolling and learn more about what it was that brought them there. And the same token goes if they're on the website And decide, I want to go check out their Instagram profile. And they click on the Instagram profile. If they're not seeing that same brand mirrored, they're once again going to feel like the word I like to use is icky. (laughs) They're going to feel (laughs) icky like, oh, am I in the right spot? And so that's the key thing when we're talking about user experience is Going back to Forbes, if we want to see that 23% increase in revenue, what do we need to do? We need to be cohesive and consistent across all platforms with our brand.
0: Yeah, that just makes so much sense. And I love the word of the use, icky. Because <laughs> that is a that is a feeling. Yeah. That is definitely the horrible feeling. And you know, even though it was feel. I also another emotion. I also feel is frustration. Yes, that's also a huge word. That's that's probably like the biggest reason that would turn me off from any website or uh, any marketing if it, it is frustrating to understand or find what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, when consumers are confused, they do not buy, and that's why the power of simplicity. And copywriting in a concise way is so valuable. Um, oftentimes, I'll say earlier on in our branding packages, we put a um, a word count to quantify how much branding, you know, messaging we write. And now we write with a goal of getting as concise as possible. Um, and so we we kind of went that different direction of it's not about hitting this word count. It's about clarifying the message so concisely in as few of words as possible. Um, but also real world words that you know we oftentimes in branding you know start to use our own terminology for things because that's what we call them forgetting that the rest of the world isn't in tune with our language. you know I I call what we do brand identity, but a lot of people just call it branding. You know, so mm-hmm. if I were to forego the brand identity and just speak about branding, that's going to relate so much easier to consumers and they'll feel less frustration because they know what I'm talking about. Then I can slowly start to say, you know, what we call branding is a brand identity and this is why. And then we can start to correlate the two without frustrating or confusing our consumers.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun- that's why it's so fun about the ux field is that there is so much involved like in moving parts while at the same time it can also feel overwhelming and to know like to to feel to feel like you have to be so good at everything because one misstep and all of a sudden that there's a miscommunication
1: yeah and i mean to be a ux designer and to feel that pressure of having to understand everything it's kind of like you need to be you need to know enough of all the moving parts to be dangerous, but you also need a really good team behind you. So, a UX designer who has graphic designers, copywriters, um a good uh, sales funnel funnel, you know, builder things like that, all of them working in conjunction, that's what's going to make the the pri- I mean that's what's going to make it go beautifully. Um the UX design designer should be thinking about the user and putting themselves in their own shoe, their own shoes. So as a user UX designer, it's okay. I am consumer and this is my path to getting to the end result, which is purchasing the service or product that I want my user to purchase. And so the UX designer really needs to experience the brand and the marketing as a consumer would, which is one of my most powerful free advice I give clients all the time is literally go and act like you're a user, act like you're a consumer, go on your website, fill out your forms, sign up for your email newsletter. Um, if you are, if you own a salon, lay in the shampoo bowl, look up, what do you see? You know, we think UX design, we think digital, but, um, I was just talking with one of my clients and she, this example is coming from that. She recently uh, remodeled the entire salon. It's stunning. And she put a lot of time and money into the Scandinavian ceiling. And it was right above this whole section of the salon where they put the shampoo bowls. And I applauded her so much because as a woman, not that men don't go, get their hair done. But as a woman who has laid in that shampoo bowl and stared up at the ceiling, sometimes I've wondered, why don't they think to clean that panel? Or why don't they think to put something a little more beautiful up here? Um, And so I applauded her so much for thinking about the details of what her consumers experience. The same experience happened to me when I was at the dentist. I lay down and no one wants to be at the dentist, Nick, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, I oh, am. Yeah. And so I lay down and I'm so nervous and without making me sound old, I totally had to get a root canal. So not only was I nervous, I was so fearful of this pain and what was happening. And they did two things, well, they did plenty of things, but two that really stood Mm -hmm. out to me that made the user experience amazing is right. When I sat down, I explained to them my nerves and they said, would you like a blanket? And I I was taken aback, but I said, absolutely. Actually, I would love a blanket. Something about a blanket being so cozy and comforting was huge. And so they brought me a blanket and then they tilted me back and I started, you know, to lay back and I looked up and they had a TV on the ceiling mounted on the ceiling instead of on the wall, where when you're laying back, you no longer can see it. They thought about their customers and what they would experience during the process and made sure that they were comfortable. And uh, between that dentist experience and my client with that shampoo bowl, I mean, what those are such great examples of UX design um, when we think about them outside of the digital world.
0: Wow, that is such a great point. Never, <laughs> you know, that is definitely something that I definitely don't think about but when but only when we are annoyed or frustrated you know or mm. something is not doing what we want to do that's when we uh-huh. do those, you know
1: yeah it's funny right because i like i said when i stared up at the shampoo bowl you know like those old cafeteria or school uh, elementary school ceilings where you would you, your teachers would put the paper clip and, and dangle the little like stars or whatever that's mm-hmm. the majority of every building's ceilings, right? And they get yeah. they get gross and it starts to rust from water. And it's so funny um, how that little, little thing can make you feel icky when you're staring at it. So it is really important to think of all the little details.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Also, Steph, you have uh, your own podcast. I think that's so wonderful that you started. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I have been thoroughly enjoying being a podcast host. Um, This year, I set out to be a guest on A ton of shows, as many as I could. And it turned really quickly into starting my own show, which is the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. And the whole goal goal of the show is to get industry professionals, um, business leaders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs, give them the center stage, put the spotlight on them to highlight the passions and intentions that they have for their business. Um, And when I say passions, I mean the deep reasons for why they do what they do um, strip away the vehicle of what they do. Meaning if they're a pizza shop, strip away the pizza. What is it about what they do every day for humans that really gets them excited about pizza? Um, and we, we dive in real deep with my, way show. We immediately hit the hard hitting questions is like, a, is how I like to say it. Um, And so we, we get, I mean, we dive in deep right off the bat. So it's been a really fun, insightful um, and powerful journey. And I'm so excited that we, um, gosh, already we're next week, we're going to be launching episode 12. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a great first start to the year.
0: Yeah, that's, I know that's always so huge to hear when someone I know starts a podcast because you know, I know what it feels like. I know it's, it could be, it could be scary just because there's a lot of unknowns like the editing process, how you get guests on. I mean, I have all these mental blocks when I started uh, having guests on with the Don't Quit podcast. So also where can, yeah, where, where can we find your podcast?
1: Yes. So you can search passion on purpose, leaders on center stage on any of your, you know, popular podcast platforms of your choice. We also cross-promote, um, Vim is such a visual brand and I'm such a visual human, so I thought it was really important to cross-promote all of our interviews to YouTube so you can see us and feel our energy visually. So we also cross-promote the show on YouTube. Um, if you're looking for a quick link to have all of those links in one spot, you can go to Get VIM. Vim is with two eyes, so get com forward slash podcast. And that'll take you to all of our shows as well as all of the popular places you can view or listen to it.
0: Yeah, and that link will be found in the show notes, so you can easily check it out. Also, I'll be including in the show notes is the two episodes Steph was on the Don't Quit Podcast with me, so you can learn more about her back history, about who she is, and how she started Vim. So that's just a great Mm. overview look of just how knowledgeable and understanding she is about the whole graphic and branding industry and how that can all just be implied to UX design as what you have heard today. So Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much Steph, for being here. Yes. Please do support our guests. And until then you just listen to the UX growth podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening.